Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Amen. I tell you, this is an amazing year. So, hey, let's just pray and let's just invite God to move in this service. Let's give us, have, have him give us ears to hear and hearts to receive because I believe that this is beginning to shake some things in our life. And we're going to move forward. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that, Lord, your word is forever settled in heaven. And we thank you that today we do have ears to hear. Lord, the eyes of our understanding, Lord, you will open and enlighten. God, I thank you that, God, you're stretching us. And, God, we are contending for your presence to know you like never before. And so we thank you for it in Jesus' wonderful name. And we all said, amen, amen. amen. Praise God. Well, this is, excuse me, week number three of our series called Reach. And so that's what we're purposing to do this year is to reach in 2021. Now, you heard us mention already that there is the 21 days of prayer and fasting that is beginning tomorrow. And so I just, again, encourage you in these next 21 days to stretch yourself and to reach for God. You might say, I've never done that before. I've never fasted. I've never been committed to pray for X amount of days. Let's put it on the calendar. Let's set some time aside, and let's be aggressive in our pursuit for God. Now, you might say, you know what? I I messed up on day number two. That's okay. Don't let it beat you up. Don't let yourself get condemned. Just dust yourself off and start over the next day. And here's one of the things that I know is that God is going to move in this church, in your life, in this this season that we're living, and God is going to display himself in in an amazing way. You mark my words, at the end of these three weeks of 21 days, there's going to be a different scenery in your landscape, in this church, because we're purposing to pursue God. Now, here's what I also encourage you. In this first week, as you make some strides or set some goals for yourself, maybe you just say, I'm going to get up early. Maybe you say, you know what, I'm going to fast my lunch and I'm going to go read my Bible or I'm going to go pray. Whatever you do this week, the following week, stretch yourself a little bit further. God, I'm going to purpose to do this. What are you doing? You're saying, flesh, I'm going to tell you to be quiet. I know you want to go watch TV right now. But right now, just turn the thing off, and let's just spend some time with God. How many of you know that if you'll do that, you'll have a far more benefit or receive more benefits in spending time with Him than watching what's ever on the TV screen? You hearing what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Let me just give you an example of some things. You know, uh, uh, back when I was a kid, you know, I was in karate for all my young years, and so uh, I I liked the, the Karate Kid movie. Anybody remember Karate Kid? And so now they got a new Karate Kid series out on, I don't know, is it Netflix or whatever it is? You like that? I do too. Uh, You know, but you know, uh, the the surprising thing is, is that the content of it is is not necessarily all that great. 
And so as much as I wanted my kids to enjoy it, I'm like, I'm sorry, you can't watch this. <laughs> What's my point? Is that as much as I like the Karate Kid and as much as I, you know, this new era, I'm looking at it and thinking, you know what? It is not benefiting me one bit. I'm not, I'm not getting at the end of this series thinking, whoo, you're the best around. You know, I'm not singing the song, no. It's just, you understand what I'm saying? There's just a lot of junk out there. And we invest ourselves in all kinds of junk and find ourselves not being satisfied. But if you'll purpose to pursue God, you'll always be satisfied. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, when I talked about the, the feeding of the flesh or your physical man, and I said, like, uh, purposing to fast a meal. Have you ever found yourself at times where you're hungry and you go into the refrigerator and you get something to eat? And then after you get done eating, you're thinking, you know, that didn't do it. I'm still craving something. The flesh is still saying, feed me something. Now, if you're like me, this is kind of like my deal. You know, you go over into the pantry, and the flesh is saying, I want something sweet. So you go get the cupcake. You start munching on the cupcakes. Or one of the things my wife does, she gets those chocolate chip granola bars. Oh, those babies are good. You know what I mean? But they're small. And so, you know, you get one, and it's, well, you know what? One more won't hurt. But then after you have that one more, it's like, well, you know, that wasn't very much of it. So then by the time you're done, you've eaten like three or four of those chocolate chip granola bars, right? And why did you do that? Because your flesh kept saying, I want more, I want more. But now, like I said, if you're like me, it's like, well, man, I had something sweet. But now I need something salty. I need some chips or something. <laughs> so you go over into the pantry and you start eating chips, right? And even after you're done, you're stuffed and you're still saying, I'm not satisfied. God will never disappoint you in your pursuit of him. The Bible says that they that hunger for him or for righteousness, they shall be filled. And so God will meet your need. He'll beat your expectations because when you pursue him, he shows up. Amen? And so that's what we're purposing to do is to reach for him. We said that the glory is coming back to the church. And so today, we're, we're going to talk about the glory of God. We're going to talk about the glory that is coming back to the church. Because when we talk about that, I, I believe that many times, depending on your church background, whether you've been in church or maybe you, you, you've never been in church, you hear these words, glory. What does that mean? Is that just some kind of religious word? No, the glory or the glory of God is really God's presence. But we'll talk into that in more detail in just a moment. But that's what we're purposing to pursue God's presence. Now, listen to this. We said that there are some definitions of the word reach. And these are applicable to the season that we're in. Number one, it means to extend or to stretch. We're stretching ourselves. Number two, to take or to draw near. Well, as you pursue God, you're drawing Him near. Number three is to arrive. Well, there's things that God wants you to arrive to this year. There's some things that he's got a date and a destination of arrival for you, and he wants you to experience the best. Number four, to, to communicate with. And so as we reach for God, as we reach for him, we're communicating with him. And then lastly is to measure to the limit or to be full. Come on. As we reach for God this year, what we're purposing to do is to get full. As we pursue Him, we're purposing to be full of the glory. Amen? The church is going to be filled with His glory. 
Amen. Now, let me give you an example here. If you recall, again, not going into the story of the crucifixion of Jesus, but do you recall that Jesus was hanging on the cross, right? And he said something just before he died. He said, it is finished. And when he said, it is finished, something happened in the temple or the church. If you recall concerning the church or the temple of that time, that there was the outer court, the inner court. Then there was the holy place, and then there was the holy of holies. And so if you could look at it this way, let's just say, for instance, the atrium out there was the outer court. And then as you come up to the upper atrium, that was the inner court. And then you come into the sanctuary or the auditorium, that's the holy place. But then up here on the platform, this place up here was the holy of holies where the very presence of God was. But the thing about it is, is there was this curtain right here. And no man could come into the presence or the glory of God. This veil separated them. Now, the priest could go in there to make sacrifice. But anybody else, if they went into the presence of God, they would drop dead because of the inability to be in His presence. But when Jesus said, it is finished, this curtain or veil was ripped from top to bottom. And it dropped to the floor. And now, what was not accessible to people or God's people, now we have free access. Amen. So, there was this natural barrier that separated God's people from His presence or His glory. But once the barrier was ripped or broke, it gave access to His people. And it was just that easy. There was a time where I could not go, but now all I have to do is step over. Amen. And Jesus said, it is finished. So the only thing separating you right now in this moment to step over into His presence or His glory is the natural side of who you are. There still is a natural component, but this natural side of who you are by faith can step over and get into the very presence of God. Amen. The only reason why we have trouble getting into that presence is because we're so conscious of our natural man. Well, you don't know what I've done, man. I've messed up. There's this haunting nagging of the history of my life. And boy, if you only knew, man. In fact, I hardly ever come to church because I'm afraid there's going to be lightning strike the church if I go to church, right? You hear what I'm saying? There's all this condemnation of this natural man that says, I don't qualify to get in there. But the Bible says that the blood of Jesus gave you access. He paid the price and the penalty. So now, even though you're in the natural man, even though you have faults and failures, the blood of Jesus gives you access because the blood has made you clean and given you permission to say, I come right into the very presence of God. There's nothing bar- There's no barrier. There's nothing separating me. I can do it at will when I want want to at any time of the day I can get right in God's face amen I'm telling you what if we only knew how much God wants us to come and fellowship with him amen you know my 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 children you know we we try to set some rules and yeah you know if you're a parent you know rules always don't work that well but we've set this rule for our, our, our kids You know, that if you see us talking to adults, you know, just wait a moment. Don't interrupt, please. Or if you see mom and dad talking, 
don't interrupt. Wait until we're done talking. Now, how well do you think that rule works? <laughs> I mean, especially when they're younger. As they get older, they get a little bit better at it. But, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just like, Dad, 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 Dad. I'm talking, Dad, Dad. Wait a minute, Dad, Dad, Dad. I'll be with you in a second. Dad, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, why are they that, that way with you? Because you are their dad. And it doesn't matter who you're talking to. You could be talking to the President of the United States. That don't matter because that's my dad. And I need to talk to my dad right now. And dad, I need your attention. Dad, I've got to tell you something. What do you want? Just wanted to say hi. <laughs> right? And that's the way God is with you. He just says, come on. Because it doesn't matter who I'm talking to. You are the apple of my eye. You are my favorite. I've been waiting for you to come and talk to me, and there is nothing in your past, present, or future that will ever separate you from my love. All you have to do is say, I want to come and be in the presence of my daddy. I want to come and hang out with him. I want to be in his presence. I want to experience his glory because I've got access because of what Jesus did. Amen. And we can do it because he wants us to come. Amen. And so I want us to understand a little bit more about this thing that we've been calling or saying is coming back to the church that the glory is coming back to the church now let me bring back to your remembrance if you haven't been here we've got these messages online and you can go listen to part one and part two but for the sake of just kind of bringing it back to remembrance recall that we've been talking or we started talking about john chapter two where we see the very first miracle of jesus right it was the water being turned into wine. And if you recall the story, the Bible says that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. Jesus and his disciples were there. And Mary comes to Jesus and she says, Jesus, they're out of wine. Well, see, there was something in her voice that says, I'm expecting you to do something. There was no other dialogue other than we're out of of wine there is a deficiency the pots are not full they are empty and i'm coming to you and her voice was saying i'm looking to you to do something and he says my time has not yet come what is this to have to do with me and then she turns to the servants she says whatever he says do it so listen in these next 21 days he's going to be talking to you and whatever he says, <laughs> do it. Because, ooh, I'm telling you what, he's about ready to fill you up. Oh, man, there's a feeling that's coming if you just say, okay, whatever you say, I'll do it. And so what does he tell him? He says, go get some pots. Fill them up with water. Amen? And when he filled them up, oh, come on. Something changed. Oh, but wait a minute. They were empty. So it's impossible. Oh, no. It's time to get full. Oh, but it seems like it, it, it just come to an end. The party's going to end now. Oh, no, there's time to get full. Oh, it just seems like all the fun has dried up. Oh, no, the fun has just begun, and you haven't experienced fun yet until you get full because there's a new wine that's coming, and you have not experienced the best, for the best is set for the last. Amen. How many of you know Jesus is coming soon? I mean, we're the last of the last runners that are, coming, or that are here before Jesus comes. 
And so if Jesus said, when I pour out my wine or give the wine, I save the best for last. Listen, you might be looking at all the times and the signs that are going on right now and thinking, oh, dear God, it is real, really rough. Things are going to hell in a handbasket. But listen, you're here. And so he saved and reserved the best for last. And so that means that God is going to use you and show off through you because of what he's going to do in you. Amen. Woo, praise God. Oh, it's impossible. There's no hope. Things look final. Oh, no. It's time to fill the vessel. It's time to fill the vessel. In John chapter 2, at the end of that story of the water being turned to wine, notice what takes place here. John chapter 2, verse 11. And I'm going to read it from the Amplified. It says, This, the first of his signs, miracles, Wonder works, Jesus performed in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. By it, he displayed his greatness and his power openly. And his disciples believed in him, adhered to, trusted in, and relied on him. Now, the water was turned into wine. What did it? Come on, help me out. What turned the water into wine? Faith. Faith was a part of it. Obedience was a part of it. But what turned the water into wine was the glory. The glory showed up. And it says, this was what was manifested. Amen. So when the glory shows up, God things begin to happen. Woo! Praise God. So you might think, well, I don't know about all this glory stuff. It just seems real religious. No, I'm talking about the very presence and the person of who God is. When he shows up, God, things begin to happen. Woo! Come on. How many of you need God to show up in some areas of your life? How many of you know that God can show up in your marriage? God can show up in your family. God can show up in your body. God can show up in your mind. God can show up at the workplace. And heaven forbid, God can show up at church. Woo and when he shows up, God things happen. Amen. Because he's longing to fill the vessels. Amen. Now, let me bring another story to your attention. Because once again, we saw there that it was the glory that turned the water into wine. But now look at this particular story in John chapter 1. John chapter 1, and I'll just... Pick up in verse 39. It's the story of Lazarus. And if you recall the story, and for the sake of time we won't read it, I'll just give you the synopsis of it. But you recall that uh, the sister of Lazarus came and, or sent for uh, Jesus to come and said, my, my brother is sick unto death. Come and minister <clears throat> and heal my brother. And so the Bible says that Jesus intentionally took three days. Uh, and on the fourth day he showed up. And when he showed up there, the Bible says that Martha came to him and said, Jesus, had you have been here earlier, my brother would have lived. But now he's dead. But now look at what it says here in John chapter 1, starting in verse 39. Jesus said, take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of the dead man, exclaimed, but Lord, by this time he is decayed and throws off an offensive odor. For he has been dead four days. Verse 40. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you? 
Did I not promise you that if you would believe and rely on me, you would see the... It's not up there, sorry. You would... I thought it was up there. <laughs> I got through for a loop. You would see the glory. Did I not tell you and make you a promise that if you would believe, you would see the glory? So faith and believing is a part of it. But when you believe and have faith, the glory shows up and God, things begin to happen. And when the glory showed up, what happened to Lazarus? He rose from the grave. Come on. It seems impossible. Oh, this coronavirus, it's going to have its way and do what it wants to do. And man, we're in for the roller coaster ride in 2021. No, I've got news for you. The glory of God is greater. If the glory of God can raise somebody from the dead, then that which is trying to cause people to die is subject to that glory and it won't have its way. Amen. Woo, praise the Lord. And so we're contending, we're reaching, we're stretching for the glory. And God says that if we would believe, we would see the glory. Come on, when God shows up or when the glory shows up, God things begin to happen. Praise God. So now, what is this glory? Because once again, when we think about this word or this term glory, we think of a religious term of people saying, well, glory to God. Glory to God. Well, we do say glory to God. But do you realize that if you have experienced the glory of God, now you've got a right to say glory. Woo, come on. See, we're not just saying something religious and parroting. No, we're saying glory. <laughs> oh, God did something. Glory. Amen. And I had to learn that. I remember when I was in Bible college, you know, when I first went there, I was a little wet behind the ears and a little green. And so I got around those people and those people would say, you know, you'd ask them how they're doing. They'd say, oh, I'm doing blessed. I'm blessed, blessed, glory to God, and I'm like, what is everybody doing? Ask somebody, how you doing? Blessed, yeah, I know you're blessed, but how you doing? Shut up. Well, what were they saying? See, I didn't understand it at the time, but what they were doing is they were acknowledging God. Glory, amen. And I'm telling you what, this past week, we were out of town in Tennessee. We were in some meetings, and we were talking, or they were ministering. And at the end, they said, just, just begin to lift your voice. Just begin to pray over this year. What are you desiring God to do? And I remember as I was praying there, I'm not looking at what I want God to do. I just said, God, I want your glory. And as I said it and said it to the Lord, I said, God, all I want is your glory. Man, the power of God came on me. God showed up. And I'm telling you what, it will cause you to say, Glory! <laughs> Amen. Again, it's not being religious. No, man, the glory of God shows up, and that's what's, whoo, glory to God. Amen. All right, so what does the glory do? Let me bring to your attention here in Exodus chapter 33, starting in verse 11. We're going to look at it from the Amplified once again in Exodus chapter 33. And I'm going to read a, a lengthy portion here. But again, you'll have to stay with me because in it, it begins to reveal something about the glory now this is the old testament right exodus and how many of you know that we're not living in the old testament but in the new testament that means that jesus came to to, to save us from sin right but we already saw that when he said it is finished the veil was torn and he says you've got access to the glory that was 
after this story. So right now, they did not have access to the glory of God, the presence of God like you and I do. But look at how Moses approached God. Because when you know who your father is, you'll approach him with such a tenacity that, God, I'm expecting you to show up. Just like I talked about my children, my son, dad, 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 I don't care who you're talking to, dad, I need to talk to you, dad, just want to say hi. <laughs> right? So, if you know who your daddy is, you'll come up to him and say, hey, dad, I just need to talk. God, I want to get in your presence. God, I need to experience your goodness. Look at what it says here in verse 11. It says, and the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Moses returned to the camp, but, minister, but, minister, uh, but his minister, Joshua, son of Nun, and a young man, did not depart from the temporary prayer tent. Verse 12 says, Moses said to the Lord, See, you have said to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Verse 13 says, Now therefore I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know. Now listen to what Moses said. God says, you know me. And Moses turned right around and says, okay, God, if you say that I know you, now this is what I'm going to ask you. I ask you to show me your way. Now notice what he says. Show me your way that I may know you progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with you, perceiving and recognizing and understanding more strongly and clearly, and that I may find favor in your sight. And the Lord do consider that this, uh, that this, your nation, is your people. And the Lord said, my presence shall go, or shall go with you, and I, I will give you rest. And Moses said to the Lord, if your presence does not go with us, do not carry us up from here. So he says, listen, if your presence is not going, we don't want to do anything else. We're going to stay here until your presence goes with us. All right, verse 16. For by what shall it be known that I and your people have found favor in your sight? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinguished? I and your people from all those other people upon the face of the earth. Did you see that? The glory of God or the presence of God is what causes us to be different from everybody else. Now hear this. This isn't a criticism. But have you ever noticed that you get around some church people and say... Hmm. And then you get around some other church people and you're like, whoa, there's something really different about you. You know what I'm talking about? You get around other people and like, man, and when I get around you, I just feel the love of God, man. It just seems like God showed up. And you get around other people and you're like, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> we'll just keep it there. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Verse 17, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, I will do this also that you have asked, for you have found favor, loving kindness, and mercy in my sight. And I know you personally and by name. And Moses said, I beseech you. Now notice what he says here. He was being very bold with God. He says, if you don't go with us, we're not going. He says, God, I want to know you personally. This is what my expectation is. But now notice what he says. In verse 18, and Moses says, I beseech you, show me your glory. 
Everybody say, show me your glory. Verse 19, and God says, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord before you. I will be, uh, I will be gracious to you, or be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy and loving kindness on those whom I will show mercy and loving kindness. Notice what he says. He says, God, show me your glory. And did you see what it said about God's glory? God says to him, I will show you all my glory goodness so what's the glory of god all of god's goodness Woo! so that's why when god does something good and you know that it's god glory amen stimulus check showed up glory <laughs> come on you know what i'm talking about man the doctor said hey what I saw in the x-rays, it's gone. Glory. Glory. Why? Because it's the goodness of God. Let's continue. Verse 20. But he said, you cannot see my face. He says, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place beside me. And let me stop. Listen to these words. There is a place beside me. The right hand of the Father... Who's at the right hand of the Father? Jesus. There is a place beside me, and you shall stand upon the rock. Who's the rock? Jesus. In verse 22, he says, And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock. I'll put you in the rock. I'll put you in Jesus. Are you seeing the parallel? And I'll cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Verse 23. It says, Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face you shall, shall not see. Praise God. So he was speaking prophetically. Not only am I going to show you my glory, but I'm also going to put you in the rock, which represents Jesus, which represents the body of Christ. And so therefore we that are the, the body of Christ are in Christ, and therefore the glory of God is available, or the goodness of who he is is available, available to each one of us. Amen. And do you remember when he came off the mountain? The Bible says that his face glowed. People saw his face. Come on. When the glory of God starts showing up, it starts showing off in your life. Now, I'm not saying that your face is going to glow like a light bulb. But see, people have gotten used to your grumpy face. What's going on with you? How's life? How's your marriage? How's the kids? <laughs> <laughs> they've gotten used to seeing your face and your countenance oh but when the glory of God shows up it begins to make some changes and where you was frowning and grumpy and just a bump on a log whoo now your face is smiling see it started to change there's a shine that came to your face because man they know you for being the grumpy uh, sour post that you were but now man there's something about you that's smiling what's changed what's happened glory <laughs> Amen. The glory showed up. Amen. See, it will change every circumstance. Come on, somebody say glory. glory. All right. Are we doing on time? All right, you doing okay? All right. Oh, did I tell you that in 2021 we're going to start ministering like an hour long? No, sorry. <laughs> All right.
right. Now, you realize that there's the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, there was a definition that was found concerning the glory of God. And this is how the Old Testament writers or the theologians, they discovered the meaning of the word glory. And it is, it is this. It is, the, it is heavy, loaded with every conceivable good. In the Old Testament, glory meant heavy, loaded with every conceivable good. The glory is heavy. Have you ever been in a service where you saw somebody fall down? And you're like, what the heck, what they fall down for? Well, they just experienced the glory. Well, why do you do that? Well, do you realize when your physical body experiences the glory sometime in such magnitude, sometimes you just can't stand. You say, well, why is that? Well, listen, you realize when you go to heaven, the Bible says you're going to get a new body, a glorified body. If you didn't get the glorified body, you wouldn't be able to go to heaven and stand in the presence of his glory. In fact, when you got up to the pearly gates and you got into the glory, you'd be, you'd be a, pat, a sack of potatoes. That's why, because of the heaviness of God's glory. You can't handle His power. You can't handle His goodness. And so you might even see that naturally sometimes. But now listen to this. When it comes to the New Testament definition, they have no English words that are conceivable to be able to explain or express what the glory of God is since Jesus came. It takes a whole bunch of words to come together and make an culmination of a definition that's worthy of what glory means. Here's what glory means in the New Testament. Wealth, numbers, commerce, power, promotion, authority, favor, wisdom, superiority, dignity, nobility, magnificence, extraordinary privileges and advantages. Glory! Amen. So when you go into the job interview, oh, come on, I got the glory of God. I've got extraordinary privileges and advantages. I've got favor. The glory of God goes with me. Man, they, they get around you, and man, there's just something about you that I like. Come on, my wife, when, when she first moved to Michigan, she didn't know anybody. She married me. Me and my family was the only ones that she knew. And so she was going to get a job. And uh, my friend worked at a particular place, and he says, I can get her in there probably. He says, I'll set up an interview. And so she went in for the interview, and the woman said to her, she says, honey, she said, I don't have a place or any open availabilities to hire you right now. She said, but I like you so much. She says, I'm going to make a place for you, and I'll call you here in just a matter of a couple weeks because I want you to come to work for me. And sure enough, she called her up and says, when can you start? Well, why did that happen? Because the glory of God showed up. Amen. The favor of God went before her. And so that woman was seeing the glory of God in her life and on her. Come on, when you go to the the hospitals, man, there's nothing to fear. Yeah, you take natural precautions, but I'm telling you what, you're a carrier of the glory. The glory goes with you. Oh, I don't have to be worried about getting some kind of sickness or disease. Why? Because I've got the glory. I walk in the glory. I've got the glory in me. Woo! And when the glory's there, God, things begin to happen. Come on, say glory. glory. Do, you, do you see now why the Bible says in Philippians 4, 19, And my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. glory. Amen. Come on, you have a need. Come on, just stir it up, reach for it, stretch, and get into the glory of God, and you'll find that the the goodness of God shows up. Amen. 
Praise the Lord. I wore my watch today. It was dead, though. Keep looking at it. I just wanted to wear it because I'm used to wearing it. Sorry. <laughs> A couple more things here, and we'll close. In Habakkuk chapter 1, Habakkuk chapter 1 through 3 in the Amplified, we're talking about the glory. We're talking about reaching for, contending for, allowing the glory, the presence, the goodness of God to be active in my life. Now, notice what it says here. Do we have it up on the screen? See if we can get it there. Verse 1 says, A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, set to, read this with me, set to wild, enthusiastic, and triumphal music. Now, we've had people say, I don't like the kind of music that you play in here. It's just kind of wild. It's just kind of loud. It's just kind of obnoxious. I mean, I want... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but did you read? He was praying. And it says, his prayer was set to wild music. I could see Habakkuk just banging his head. Whoa! Yeah! God is good! And it said it was enthusiastic and triumphal music. Go ahead, verse 2. It says, O Lord, I have heard the report of you and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years and in the midst of the years. Make yourself known. Come on, somebody. Listen, there's been a lot of years that have gone by and we've just done church, live life religiously, but it's time that the years are restored and the goodness and the presence and the glory of God comes back to the church. Amen. Amen. And then lastly, it says this in verse 3. It says, and the glory of the heavens, or excuse me, the glory covered the heavens and the earth was filled with praise. Whoo, praise the Lord. If you just learn how to praise God, the glory would show up. Crank it up. I said, crank it up. Enthusiastic. Did you hear that word? Wild, enthusiastic, triumphal music. Watch some people in church and they're like, aren't you excited to serve Jesus? Yes, I am. Praise the Lord. Can't you wait to get to heaven? I can't wait to get to heaven. Really? It says enthusiastic. Now you might say, well, how come you as, and your wife, you, you bounce around, you praise, you shout? It's because of the glory. I've experienced too much of the goodness of God to not say glory. I've experienced too much of God's goodness. He saved me, set me free, rescued my life. I was going to hell, but now I'm eternally saved. I've got my kids that are, are, are born again, loving God. And man, I'm telling you, I've seen the glory of God. So pardon me if I get a little bit enthusiastic, get a little bit excited. Pardon me if I get a little bit wild at times. Why? Because I've experienced the goodness of God. And if you'll hang around just a little bit, it'll rub off on you. Amen. I know we've experienced some hard, challenging times in this last year with just a number of different things. And, but I'm telling you what, the glory is coming back to the church. There's a lot of churches. Now, again, please don't hear me wrong. But there are a lot of churches that have chose to close down. But I'm telling you what, there's going to be an influx. And there's going to be a tidal wave of people coming back to the church. And they're going to be looking for a church that is producing the glory of God. 
The reason they left their churches in the first place is because there was no glory. It was full of fear. And that's why they're sitting home. But there's a church that is going to be demonstrating and the manifested glory of God is going to be present. And people are going to say, ha, 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 I've been hearing some things. There's been some rumblings about what's going on at your church over there. You might even find that the police start showing up. There's too many people in your church. You're going to have to shut it down. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, God, the glory of God's here. Amen. And we're going to have to bust out some walls or something. Because we're not backing down. We're not, we're not being, being manipulated by what's going on in this world. No, we're going to purpose to serve God. Amen. Amen? Amen? All right, I'm running out on time, and so I'll close with this. We'll pick up back next week. But keys to experiencing the glory of God. Number one, you've got to desire it. Did you see that Moses said, show me your glory? So if you're going to experience the glory of God or His presence or His goodness, you've got to ask for it. I said you have to ask for it. Number two, you have to believe for it. You have to believe. If you're just sitting back and spectating and saying, well, I believe it when I see it. If it's going to be God, He's going to have to make me do that. God's not going to make you do nothing. Amen? I tell you what, this past week, now again, we're in a service full of ministers. You ever heard the term getting ugly for Jesus? You would have saw a room full of people getting ugly for Jesus. <laughs> Why? Because we went there to get enthusiastic, to get wild. Because we are triumphant in Him. And number three, it says you have to be full of the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible says that God will fill us with the fullness of of him oh listen Christianity isn't about attending church it's about knowing him but I'm telling you what once you find out who he is you can't help but come to the local assembly because you realize when you're full of glory and you're full of glory and you're full of glory all things begin to happen oh there's just a chain effect Oh, God did that for you. Oh, I'm going to believe God for that. I want to see that happen in my life. Oh, it just gives you an excitement. It gives you a joy. It gives you an enthusiasm. It'll tie your tongue up so where you can't talk straight. It'll give you enthusiasm to serve God. Whew. And let me just tell you, don't be alarmed. Because as you begin to pursue God in these next 21 days you will begin to find that there are things that once satisfied you that won't no longer. I've been saying to the Lord, because I, I like to watch television. It, it takes my mind out of things, you know. just lets me veg out. But I can do that too much. And I said, God, give me a disdain for TV. I don't want it to rob my time anymore. So don't think... That man, I don't, I, don't, I don't even like that. I don't even like that person anymore. Well, see, God might have been trying to get that person out of your life for the longest time, and you finally like, I just don't like them. I don't want to be around them. The glory of God just came. Amen. Why don't we stand?
Did you get anything out of this this morning? Glory. Ha ha. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that we are carriers of the glory. And I thank you that there is going to be a greater demonstration and an outpouring of your goodness in this place. God, I thank you that, Lord, it might look a little bit different around here moving forward. Because, God, we're not going to be influenced by all the junk of life in the world. God, we want to passionately pursue you. And as Moses said, we want a personal, intimate knowledge of who you are. And God, we're going to purpose just to get a little wild, a little enthusiastic. Because God, you have made us triumphant because of your goodness and your glory. And so God, we are reaching this year in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Well, praise the Lord. We love you and we appreciate you. We have church prayer this coming Wednesday. Hey, real quick. You see the Christmas trees up here? On Wednesday, if you're available to come in and help us tear some things down that we've got up here, we'd appreciate your help. But again, just love you. Uh, five o'clock. All right? Thank you. But there's no space between you and I. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life